Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boys, John Lee. And Jack Coughlin. And welcome to another episode of Courtside Eclipse Nation podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping the Clippers' overtime loss against the Cavs, discuss some positive injury updates, and throw down the next weekly wager. Jack, you ready to get Woo! into it? <laughs> I'm too excited. I had to interrupt you. Of course I'm ready to get into it. Well, let's do it then, baby. All right, so on Monday night, the Clippers, an undermanned Clippers without Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Jason Preston, Jay Scrub, took on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were without – Um, oh, God, I'm so dumb. I should have this in front of me. But I do know they Jared were out. Jared Allen. Allen. Yes, Jared Allen and Jack, help me out. I know they were out. They were out. John, another John's a casual. Yeah, no, they were out. Someone else. Anyway, I'll find it later. But it was a Colin hard... Sexton. Colin Sexton. That's pretty much it. I mean, they didn't have Wade Rondo, but like Jared Allen's the main one. Yep. Okay. Anyway, so they were out. All those guys again still had the talent advantage over the Clippers, but the Clippers put up a great fight. Um. They eventually lost an OT. Zubats had 24 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks. Amir Coffey had 19 points on 7 to 20 shooting. Terrence Mann had 18 points, 10 rebounds, four assists in 45 minutes. Darius Garland had 24 points and 13 assists, and he had some big threes in the fourth and OT that were just backbreakers. Um, and Evan Mobley had 30 points and six rebounds, and he had a nasty block on Zoo that you just got to – got to respect the man that was pretty that was pretty insane but overall it was a good fight from the team they were playing free they were playing together they're running their offense they were getting shots up uh, which you have to do when you lack uh your primary uh playmakers especially you have reggie and boris out who are already carrying a heavy burden so to see them do that well was pretty encouraging, but I think at the end there was a bit of a controversial uh, no call. I, it depends who you ask. Where Amir Coffey kind of got fouled, tripped. Uh, yeah, the last two minute report said it was a confirmed yeah. good no call. But may, maybe if Amir Coffey fell in that moment, the refs may may have given it to him. Agreed. But do you, I? I gotta ask. They they are not calling that in the postseason, right? Are we in agreement? Yeah, especially there? to decide the game. That's they usually don't call those. Yeah. It 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 reminds me of when you remember the value. Oh. Anyway, that that play. Um, it reminds me of when Aiden was grabbing Zoo's jersey, and I saw on Twitter people were saying this is an offensive foul. And I was like, I've I didn't even see that in real time. And I don't think any ref would call that. So it, you got to think the refs are going to want to swallow their whistle because they don't want to let the game get decided on a ticky-tack 50-50 call. Though I do think if it was in the first three quarters, it would have been called maybe early in the fourth. But it was still – Yeah, I feel yeah. like the refs this season have been good at kind of being consistent with letting the players play down the stretch and not trying to decide games right. and calls. I feel like they do call it when it's like they really have to. Um you know, there haven't been too many instance, instances, at least, of them making a horrible week call to decide like that. It's been, it's been pretty consistent. Yeah. It, 
I wish they would stay consistent on the the foul baiting where the free throw merchants have been coming back True. Out after they, they really cleaned it up in the beginning, but it's, it seems like they, they overcorrected and they corrected back. But again, that's a different discussion. Jack, what are your main takeaways from this loss? The Clippers fight, man. They just, they will not ever go down without a fight. Like you said, Missing Kawhi, PG, Powell, Morris, Reggie, Rocco. Second night of a back-to-back. Uh, Rocco, you're right. Games. Yeah, Rocco. Oh, I'm so <laughs> dumb. I keep forgetting. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Sorry. It's all good. Yeah, second night of a back-to-back. Five games and seven nights. OT was definitely not something the Clippers would have loved to have done, being playing so many games and so few nights. So they definitely got tired towards the end. But they just keep fighting. They just keep fighting. They they don't care who's out. They don't care how many games they played, how tired they are. They're just going to fight, and they're not going to go down uh, without a fight. And, and they started off pretty well. And, and in that first half, third quarter, get into like a five, seven-point lead. Then, of course, uh, Cavs came back late, and then it was down to the wire game. Clippers are great in the clutch minutes, and they were able to force overtime. But, yeah, overtime was definitely all Cavs. Mobley did really just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Definitely going to be the rookie of the year. Garland was hitting some tough shots. That one three over T-man late in the shot clock at the end of the fourth was just brutal. And even their role guys, Isaac Okoro, you know, Kevin Love, Markinen, all of them, they just hit big shots. They played well down the stretch. And those Cavs are going to be tough in the playoffs. I don't think anyone's going to want to play them. Yeah, no, I agree. I also think we have to shout out Amir Coffee, or sorry, not Amir Coffee, uh, Brandon Boston in the oh yeah second quarter. He had a nice, he had a nice baseline drive where he found Hartenstein uh, for a dunk, and then after that, T Man got caught up in the air, and because Boston cut to the basket, he was able to find him and bail him out, and then he made a layup. Shortly after that, he had a three, and then he had a four point play. Um, all in the second quarter. So it was really nice to see that. And then later in the second half, I forgot what quarter it was, but he was driving in transition, had a three uh, pump fake, drove to the basket, let the defense come to him, was patient, made a good read, uh, dumped it off for a dunk. Uh, I tweeted it yesterday. I felt like a cultivation of his decision-making, con- like gradually improving over time. But he's only 20 years old. Even Ty Lue said before he's going to be a good player. Um how would you assess how he's played this season and the progress he's made? Yeah, he's, he's definitely made a lot of great progress, and we've seen the flashes of, of how great he can be. Of course, you know, he is still a rookie, so there's going to be some inconsistencies and and some some mistakes made along the way, but we can see it. He's just a bucket getter. That's, just, that's, that's what he does. He comes in, he gives you energy, gives you buckets like he did in the Cavs game. He had that nasty – he had some nasty threes. I think that one over Mobley – where he fell and he had a nice dunk. Like he just comes in and gives you that burst and the Clippers see it. That's of course why they, they drafted him. And yeah, I feel like he's just going to keep getting better. The, the more games he plays, the more minutes he gets, he's, he's going to just keep on figuring it out. And I, I like him on the Clippers. I like him. On the, I, I believe like he could have gone, he could have been a Laker or a Clipper in the draft. Um, but I feel like he fits the Clippers better. I feel like he does. So I'm, I'm glad that we have him. Yeah. It, it also makes me worry. I don't know if worry is the word, but he's becoming more and more of an asset for other teams to pursue. So if the Clippers do make another 
bold trade next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they included him in it or, or man, but I think this season's really been really nice to see all these individuals step up that you don't, you wouldn't really see what the stars are there. Like um, Lou Kennard has been night and day, I think from last year, um, Amir coffee, there were points where he was the best player on the team when everyone had um, COVID outbreaks and injuries uh, zoo at one point that one week where he was going against uh, Jokic then had him beat the next night. He looked great. He looked like a guy we could give the ball to uh, five to seven times a game. Even last night, he had some really nice jump hooks. Um, I thought he did a good job defensively, but yeah. And then now we're seeing, uh, we've seen flashes of Brandon Boston throughout the season. And then T-Man after the trade, obviously having the ball in his hands more has been really great. So um, did the last few games, sway your opinion on who you think should be the backup point guard between Amir or T-Man? I feel like it definitely is a game-to-game basis, and Ty Lue, you know, is still going to just take it game by game, and he, and he wants to see, like, one game it could just be better at. It could just be Amir who's better at it. It could be T-Man who's better at it. I feel like it's often it could be either one of them is playing better, and he's going to go with that. It's It's hard to really – to really set in stone, but I don't really, I just don't feel like we need that backup point point guard to go out and get right now. I feel like, you know, that's been the talk with the Clippers that they need a, you know, true point guard, whatever, another point guard, but we got playmaking by committee, like coffee team in when the, our main guys come back, Batum can play make well. And even, even Hartenstein can, can play make really well. So I, I don't feel like we actually need to go out and get that kind of point guard, but we got the whole committee playmaking. So I don't know if there's going to be one point guard set in stone, but both both are going to be great options. And then just to touch on something you said, the Clippers for trading like all those draft picks, Shea, Gallinari, and, you know, not having people always saying like, oh, they got nothing to trade now. They got no assets. We've Our front office has really done a great job at still getting the right players that have become good assets for a possible trade. Young guys too. Yeah, young guys, youth, solid role players. And that that's tough to do. We've, they've really just had so many hits with all these guys, whether it's young players or just players they develop. And obviously we don't want to see the guys like, you know, Kennard, T-Man, Zubak, Boston. We don't want to see, or even coffee. Like we don't want to see these guys get traded. We we've, you know, they've, they've just so much a part of the Clipper culture. Now the fans obviously want to keep them. So it sucked to see them go in a trade, but it's like, even if, they, of course, we want them to stay. So if they stay, they're just still playing so well. We just, it's, it, they've done a, such a great job at developing these guys and, and getting the diamonds in the rough and finding these hidden gems. So there's just shout out to the Clippers front office development team, all of that. Yeah. It, make, it makes me like never worry at the draft because I always feel like if they really want to pick, Balmer will just bind to the second round. And yep. that's, and that if they make moves, like they'll try to get a second round back and something like that. Cause it's hard, it's hard to get a first, especially cause you got to deal out a, a good role player um, or a star or something. So I trust this team. They have their, they have their stars. They've gone good supporting players that you would have to trade first for. I, I would think we didn't even have to trade a first for Norman Powell and Robert Covington, uh, Keon, but. Again, it's still a testament to how good the front office was. And 
to go on something else from last night, uh, Shemi Ojale had a pretty good outing. <laughs> he was, I, Our boy Shemi. He saw the tweets. You can't tell me different. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe it. This man had a he, this man caught the ball in the post when he had a mismatch, like called for it. They sent a double team because they're like, oh no, can't leave Shemi on or can't leave him on an island with Shemi. <laughs> double team leaves, <laughs> step back and one net. Ah, oh, he he's he, him. He yeah, is him. Oh, he had a jump, uh, another jumper. He was aggressive. He was getting foul calls, uh, getting downhill. He's a decent sized body. I I think that might have been the you can't wave me game. And I <laughs> and I'm afraid Rodney Hood might see uh might be seeing his last time with the team, especially because I believe wholeheartedly that they're gonna have to wave him and give Amir an actual contract so they could be playoff eligible. I mean, this guy's been starting the past few games and he's uh, been in Tyloo's short rotation. So, um, yeah. Do you, do you think that's the right move? Wave Rodney, keep Ooh, Shemi. Rodney versus Amir. Shemi Ojale battle. It's, it's, it's better than Maddie versus Cassie at this point. They're just going at it. Um, but yeah, I think Amir is definitely over both of them. And it's hard to imagine Amir not playing in the playoffs for this team and having a solid rotation spot. He's just been so tremendous on defense, catch and shoot, shooting and playmaking and even just like running the pick and roll and just being a primary ball handler. He can really do it all. Um, so yeah, it's it's the semi versus Roddy battle. I have no idea who's going to win that, to be honest. <laughs> but I think Amir, Amir will definitely be be here to stay. I, I personally think that it's uh, Amir will stay for sure. Uh, that's that's a given. I, I think Rodney's gone. I think Shemi, because they lack a third center. Besides, like you could say, oh, they got Covington. They got Morris. They got Batum to play the uh, small ball five. But I think they'd rather just have more size in Shemi. And Shemi's shown that he's had some decent off the dribble game. I've been really surprised that. He's been able to do that, but I think they're going to end up keeping him before the season. I think they're just going to wait it out just in case because they don't want to convert coffee now and God forbid some injury happens and they just wasted a spot. So I think they're just going to wait, but yeah, uh, let's take a quick break and then coming up, we'll talk some positive injury news and then Jack and I are going to throw down our weekly wager. All right. And we're back. So, uh, before we go on to the injury updates, I just want to touch into how the Clippers are in the standings. The Clippers are pretty much locked into the eighth seed at this point. And the goal of the games this season is, or for the rest of the season is pretty much just to stay healthy, build a r- rhythm, develop. Um, Jack, you have uh, anything to add on that? Yeah, this, this stat coming from Fly By Night, Justin Russo, shout out to him. Uh, with tonight's loss by the Lakers, if the Clippers go 0-11 in their final 11 games, the Lakers would need to go at least 8-6 and to leapfrog them for the eighth spot in the play-in. And 10 of the Lakers' final 14 games are on the road, and they haven't won a road game since before the Super Bowl. And that stat is also for the Pelicans, too. They would need to go at least 8-6 and if the Clippers go 0-11. The Clippers are not going 0-11, and the Lakers aren't going 8-6, so... It's pretty much locked in. It would also just, yeah, it'd be very, very, very difficult to overtake the Timberwolves, and they're playing some phenomenal basketball. So we're pretty much locked into the eighth seed. This is, I feel like this is rare. We usually are fighting for a seed towards the end of the season, but we're just kind of locked in, I guess. No pressure. 
Yeah. I think the only thing I'm worried about is the Nuggets at six and the Wolves at seven are separated by a game and a half. And I am much more frightened of the Nuggets. And it, I just saw today that Jamal Murray got assigned to the G League. So if they slip to seven, you're going to play against potentially the MVP in Jokic, who's playing out of his mind. Um, that team that always plays hard and plays well through him, along with Jamal Murray coming back. We don't know if MPJ is going to come back. Altogether, that could possibly happen. I think I would rather play the Wolves, even though Cat just had 60 last night, and Pat Bev is going to want to cook everyone. But that it, that's going to be something to watch out for. Uh, Jack, real quick on that, would you rather play the Wolves or the Nuggets? Yeah, I would definitely rather play the Timberwolves. We beat them every single time this year, um, except for one time. And, you know, of course, we were missing a lot, some guys then. And the Timberwolves are going to have the tiebreaker over the Nuggets. So I would definitely rather play the T-Wolves. We, we usually handle business against them, whereas the Nuggets, it is not fun to play Jokic. No. Especially if Murray and MPJ come back. That's just – you don't want to do that. I mean, the Timberwolves are playing some phenomenal basketball. It's not going to be easy. I know we've done very well against them this year, but it is still not going to be easy – you know Pat Bev's going to be looking forward to that playing game. And, you know, they're, they're super motivated right now. Cat's playing out of his mind. They've really come together and starting to get healthy and some chemistry there. So, yeah, whoever it is, it's not going to be easy, but I would definitely lean towards the Timberwolves. Yeah. Also, if uh, the Clippers lose that first playing game, and then they would probably have to go against either the Lakers or the Pelicans. If AD's back, it's – I don't care what their record is now. You're still going to have LeBron and AD um, in a one-game one winner-take-all scenario in L.A., so that's going to be tough. Or you're going to play the Pelicans, who just owned the Clippers this year. Uh, with CJ uh, on the team, Herb Jones playing well, uh, Brandon Ingram hooping, it's, um, it's a tough scenario. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, the Clippers better hope they get some guys back which is a great transition because, Jack, do you know what today is? Today is March 15th. And most importantly, Jack, today is Norman Powell is out of his, his boot day. Let's go! Per La Murray, he was out of his boot today on March 15th. That is a great development. I love that. We aren't doctors here. I don't know what that means in terms of his healing. I'm going to assume he just has to strengthen that foot ramp up, get into rhythm and then could possibly could possibly be back. Who knows? Hopefully it's before the end of March. So he can at least get a decent amount of games in. He also posted on IG on his IG live that he said he, he may come back, but I'm having good confidence that, he will. Uh, and he also said, fuck the Lakers on Instagram Live. So I just had to throw that out there. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I missed that. Is that I, a video? I, saw, uh, I, I couldn't find a video, but I, I'm pretty sure I, I saw some uh, Clipper fans tweeting about it, oh. saying that he said that. So it's just it's just an urban legend. I bet there's a, someone must have taken a video. They must have. for it again. Definitely not expecting. But, yeah, Norman Powell would be huge. I especially 
adding to this team. I the only thing I worry about with him is can he build a rhythm and a chemistry with everyone else? Just because these guys have all been playing together and they're all per- particularly glue guys, and then you add him back, he was arguably the best player um, during his three games with the Clippers. So that's shifting hierarchies and touches. So that's something I kind of worry about. Um, yeah, and PG and him still haven't played a game together. And, exactly. you know, it's apparently it's unlikely Kawhi comes back, whereas, you know, Roma Powell will hopefully come back soon. And same with, you know, PG. Apparently he's, you know, slowly but surely could, could make it back. So, you know, they may not have too many games to get under their belt together if they do come back soon. So, yeah, chemistry chemistry matters, and the regular season matters, and health health matters. So, hopefully, hopefully they can they can find a stride quickly before the plan. Yeah. Um, per Farbod, uh, as Nashari of Sports Illustrated, he put out um, an article last week that Clippers are losing optimism that Kawhi will return. There's just not enough time, I would say. There's if you were to return, it would be like the healthy or the the early recovery time, like nine to twelve months. He is like right on the nine to come back. And even if he does, there's so little ramp up time. I just don't believe he is. Um, Jack, do you think there's a chance he comes back? I mean, losing optimism doesn't sound great, um, and we kind of expected it too. So you know, it sucks to see, but we did kind of expect it. You know, it wasn't like we're ever sure about what was going to happen. And it was always likely that he wasn't going to return. So it sucks, but I mean, it's, it's also, if they were to come back, you know, no one's going to win a championship as an eighth seed or seventh seed, you know, it's very, very tough to do. So rather just let him get the extra rest and, and just get ready for, for next year. And hopefully, you know, crossing our fingers, we can stay healthy next year. Yeah, that's, that's tough, but. I think th- there's a little more optimism on PG's side. Last week... I'm oh, sorry, we- I think you just cut out real quick. Okay. How about now? Now you're good. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> more optimism on PG's side. We saw a video of him in practice getting up shots with his right elbow, which is the one with the torn UCL. Uh, Pearl Law Murray of The Athletic, um, this was last week, he said he was only able to shoot 17 feet in. We have not heard an update or seen anything since. Uh, he went to the team and participated in shoot-around. Uh, we don't know if he's doing more intense workouts behind closed doors. Also, the Clippers admin posted pictures of him working out, and then PG posted that on his story with a shushing emoji. So if he's if he does that just to not come back, I don't know. Um, but also Farbot. Uh, reported that his workouts are part of a non-contact ramp-up period. So I'm assuming if he's ramping up, he's trying his best to return, which uh, I think it's pretty clear him and Kawhi both have been trying really hard. Uh, Jack, any optimism on PG's returning? Yeah, PG's is it's looking like I think we're gonna get him to uh you know before the season ends, mm-hmm. and he you know he posted on his story with the shh emoji, and that's. Always a good sign. You gotta love the shush emoji. So I'm I'm hoping we can see him and and then Norman Powell too. You know maybe they come back in the same game. Who knows? I I, I would definitely definitely love to see both of them. Uh, you know get some games under their belt and then play in the play tourney. That'd be great. Yeah, I I think it's definitely a house money year. So you don't have 
I don't think expectations are too crazy. It's basically as a fan standpoint, you want them to come back, but you want them to be responsible about it uh, and not risk further injury. So if they can't get enough ramp up time, I don't believe there's really a true point in rushing them back. Um, anyway, let's move on to our favorite part of each podcast. And that is the weekly w- wager. Jack, I have won again. I just can't stop winning, but we are now two, uh, two or am I three? Or is it three, two? I feel like you might be up one. It is three, two. I'm dumb. I, I'm really no way. Actually, no, no, it's two, two. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 it's no, no, three, no, two. no. Cause they, that one went to, yeah, two, two. No way. Anyway, <laughs> I'll look it up later, but no, it's probably three, two. I'm we're kidding. so unprepared. I'm so sorry, guys. Anyways, I'm up three, two. I'll verify it later. Let's recap what we did last wager. Our last wager was over the next four games, the Clippers, uh, if the Clippers would win two and a half games over under, Jack picked the over, very bold, very confident, very supportive. I picked the under, very realistic. Um, and they went under. They went one and three. They beat the Pistons, but they lost to the Knicks, Warriors, and Hawks. So Jack is back to reclaim his throne as a tied record with me. And, and I'm hopping onto John's strategy of being a negative Nancy in, in picking the bet. Cry. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> and this Friday, the Utah Jazz's secondary owner, Terrence Mann, returns <laughs> to Utah. And we're going a little Terrence Mann theme over under bet today over his past 10 games Terrence Mann is averaging 10.5 points 7.1 rebounds and 3.1 assists and this Friday they will be in Utah so we are setting his over under at 23.5 Jack what was it you wanted to go with again I gotta go under I I love you T-Man I gotta go under okay I, I I gotta get back tied I can't I love to be positive. I love to be optimistic, but Clippers are losing optimism about Kawhi. I'm losing optimism about this bet, so I'm going under. You're horrible. You are horrible. Thank you. Last game, T-Man hit that over, but the two games before that, he was under. So we're going to see. I'll win, but I won't feel good about it because my friend Jack is just getting left in the dust. Also, matter of fact, we forgot to mention the Wizards win. Oh. I just realized that. The Wizards win? Yeah. Yes, that's still two that's still two games, man. On Wednesday. Yes, that's two games. I know, but I'm just we have to just throw that in there. Yes. My apologies, guys. You could tell it's been a long week. And we're just, oh my God, it's only Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> we still got a lot of week left. Yeah, I apologize, guys, but we still and that love daylight you. savings can kick in too during this my week. God. But luckily, Senate passed that Sunshine Protection Act. So daylight savings may be getting the boot. Wow. I did not know that. Thank yeah, you, Jack. They, they voted. They voted. And now it's going to the House to vote, but they don't know when. So it's looking good. Wow. We may but- never have to. We may never have to complain about daylight savings again. 
Uh, look at you, Jack. Learn something new every day. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. Anyway, Jack and I are trying to come up with a punishment for the loser, whoever has the highest, uh, whoever has the worst record by the time the season is over. Right now, it's allegedly 3-2 me for our weekly wagers, but we're still trying to come up with a punishment for the loser. If you guys have any suggestions, just tag us. Let us know. Um, should Jack have to down a whole bottle of hot sauce? I think it should happen. No, I have the most sensitive mouth ever. I, I can't even have like Tabasco hot sauce. Like one drop of that kills me. Wasabi kills me. Any type of spice just kills me. I, I, I would literally die. Yeah, I'm, I really want it. Anyway, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Feel free to like, subscribe, rate us. Tag us on Twitter. Interact with us. We love you. We're we love talking with all the fans because we're fans at the end of the day. Jack, when, where can these lovely people find you? The lovely people can find me at Jack Clippers on Twitter. And you guys can find me at courtside underscore clips. I recommend Twitter. Jack Clippers over that account, but you can follow that account too. Cry. Anyway, follow us. We'll interact with you. We love you guys. Give us suggestions on the show. Rate us. Uh, pick Jack's punishment. You name it. As always, we love you guys. Go Clips. Please no hot sauce. Love you. <laughs>